well, I saw it in Toronto. You really, <laughs> really? really can't. Uh, you really can't understand how good that movie is unless you've unless you've seen it in the crisp, cool air of Toronto in Canadian French. <laughs> yeah, it's super good. The commercials are all different, so you go into it in a whole in an entirely different headspace. And, wow. and everyone, everyone just like, oh, sh- sorry, sorry, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. sorry. Is this going in the podcast? Is like this going on the episode? No. Hello, super friends, and welcome to Nerds for Normal People, the podcast bringing nerd culture to a normal world. I'm your master of the geekly arts, Daniel Dunstan, and with me, I have a panel of experts, and we're going to be talking about a little movie that came out this weekend named Avengers Infinity War. But first, let's meet our panel. Joining us for the first time is Bill Sheehy. Bill. Whew. God, I am so excited to be talking about something besides Star Wars. <laughs> I, I'm so, like, listen, I, I've never been more excited for a non-Star Wars movie ever. And it's just, I'm so excited to talk about it. And it, listen, the, the past like 10 minutes of just recording with you guys or just screwing around with you has been incredible. So it's, I'm, let's, let, let, I can't wait to talk about this. And Bill is here to talk about the upcoming Star Wars Episode Nine. So we're, we're really oh, glad did, to be here. I, I didn't know that. Cool. Awesome. I take back everything I just said. It's all gone. <laughs> And then we have David Hood back with us. I came to talk about the Han Solo movie. Oh, well, once again. Okay, well, listen. I was told. Just, just, a, just a speech that Bill just gave. This heartwarming speech of, how happy I'm getting this. Ah, let's just screw that. Okay, well, terrific. This is all been a ruse, Bill. Ah, thank you. I'm glad. Awesome. And... And also from Hay, Kentucky, Noah Day is joining us. Items on my desk include a Fitbit charger, a small glass dome with a scorpion inside of it, a bust of Dwight D. Eisenhower, and an old ticket for the spirit of the Jefferson. Well, I like Ike. Was this like was this the pre thing that you that you wrote down before, or is this just like just off the cuff? I'm reading I'm reading it straight off a note card. I'm actually okay. reading what I'm saying off of a note card right now too. Dude, he anticipated your question. That's yeah. really good. Listen, Noah yeah. Day is nothing if not prepared. <laughs> oh, shit. I just ran out of note see, cards. See, so the, <laughs> what do you the do Dwight, now? The Dwight D. Eisenhower is pretty good, but you should have gone with Dwight Schrute. That's, I mean, <laughs> Dwight K. Schrute. <laughs> I, it's just that that's the thing on my desk, so I don't want to lie. I don't want to be a liar. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fair. See, I just have a bust of William Henry Harrison. It's a little short, but it gets the job done. I, I have I have a BB-8 toy. <laughs> well, I, I am actually surrounded by Deadpool toys, which does bring us to our first topic, really. God, we are what the art se- of transition. What a segue. Listen, exactly. are we professionals? Did I just Look. become a professional? <laughs> you, you are a professional. Welcome to the professional world. Wow. If there's one thing wow. I know how to do, it's a segue. No, that's, that's a thing we are absolutely worst at. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, there was a music video that came out today, and we will talk Infinity War here in a bit, but we just wanted to start real quick <laughs> with this. But Celine Dion... <laughs> But Celine Dion, <laughs> she is she is fire. Uh, she Damn kicked girl. out a music video for Deadpool Two called Ashes, <laughs> and it was actually written by fellow K- Kentuckian and winner of The Voice a few years back, Jordan Smith, which is cool. Yeah, absolutely. Lame. And it is probably peak Celine Dion in like. If you were to try to boil down a Celine Dion song, you would get this. Mm-hmm. And it features Deadpool dancing around. And it's really just majestic, if I could describe it in one word. <laughs> I think it was Ryan Reynolds in that suit. Oh, 100%. Like, there's so, no way it wasn't. He, like, uh, so, during, he during the really... dancing, it probably wasn't, but the end was definitely him. Hey. Hey, um, hey, David, can you let me dream for a little bit, please? No. <laughs> Listen, Bill just wants to literally, imagine. Literally, I want to imagine, like, I, I believe Ryan Reynolds is a jack of all trades, and I think he can do it all. 
So he killed just, it in those heels. I am here to crush dreams. <laughs> All right, once again, I take back everything nice I said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you suck, David. So, <laughs> Bill is just having second thoughts throughout this entire they, process. I'm the only one in here that doesn't live in, in Lexington, so I'm fine. <laughs> You're not going to be egg in my house. Oh, okay. Well, I listen, might. I have a car, so... You don't know where I live. It's a good I point. I do. You don't, don't live. In, shut the fuck up. You don't live in Lexington. Oh, let's let's go back. We got to retcon and take him out of every yeah. scene. Neither does Chris Tomlin. Yeah, no, it's okay. He, listen, he works in Lexington. He's though. gonna fade into dust at the end of this anyway, so it's fine. There we go. Fair enough. Bill's taking over. <laughs> Bill and Chris out. Okay. <laughs> oh God. So, anyway, Celine Dion. <laughs> Once again, I will say, I feel like the marketing for Deadpool Two has been just like the marketing for Deadpool One, really, really good. I think it's like it's one up, uh, oh, one upped, one upped itself because <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I just feel mm-hmm. like all of a sudden, like it, it went from like a place to like where there wasn't anything on Deadpool, and then all of a sudden, oh, Deadpool's on everything. And it's not just regular advertising where it's like, it's really, really funny stuff. And so I, I as as someone who who really, like, appreciates, like, humor in, like, kind of advertisement, I think that that kind of humor in it gets me more excited because I think that they're, like, they're really trying to sell home uh, kind of the humor in it. Oh, Definitely. Well, that's the entire purpose of Deadpool is to be funny and yeah, violent. Exactly. <laughs> and it's definitely within, like, breaking the fourth wall kind of uh, the thing that Deadpool's known for. So it's really cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, only, the only thing about that, Celine Dion, is that the budget was way too high for Deadpool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Deadpool, she's so hard to get now. I know. <laughs> he really sold out, you know, after yeah. uh-huh. he has one successful movie and then... It's all downhill from there. I I like to imagine Ryan Reynolds was just like, I'm Canadian. She's Canadian. I bet we could work together. They just on have this. like a they just have like a secret hand signal to each other and then uh-huh. they'll they'll work together. It's he, just a he just, a single A and then ev- the deal is done. No, <laughs> no the secret <laughs> code to for any Canadians is geese geese smooth smooth A. Oh, I, I did not know that. Well that's good to know. Thank you. <laughs> Shouldn't maple syrup be in there somewhere? That's how I they think, seal the handshake. I think this is the second <laughs> podcast that we've center. made that we're going to lose all our Canadian audience. Well, <laughs> screw them, eh? I think I'm we sorry, need to build Steve. a Canadian audience. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Steve. <laughs> I, I like to think we had a, we were building a small following in Saskatchewan, oh. and it's now just falling, it's falling to pieces. I'm so sorry. I've ruined oh. everything. No, we, we, there was a previous episode we made fun of Canadians. That's That's not new. <laughs> We're making the cover of the Saskatchewan Gazette every oh, morning. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, hot, hot press. Yeah. Hey, all press is good press. That's true. <laughs> and I think like this is a smart move because right now everything is kind of dominated by Infinity War. And so Deadpool has to kind of pull stunts like this to really get noticed. Because mm-hmm. like that's one thing is we are, that's hitting in three weeks. It, which... Uh-huh. This May has so much, has so much like really, really good, like kind of quote, quote unquote, nerdy movies. Because you have Mm -hmm. Infinity War, which originally was going to be the first week of May. Then you have Mm -hmm. Deadpool. And then, like, a week after that, you have Han Solo, which, once again, I don't want to talk about Star Wars, but (laughs) like, that's an incredibly, incredibly packed, packed schedule, especially for Disney, which has like, Two like huge blockbusters in a month time. In a month's time, that and I found it weird because I feel like if you look at it, June is not as packed mm-hmm. as it could be. And yeah, he, part of me is just like, why doesn't Disney just give Solo like a week or something and have it just own June? Yeah, and I mean, it, it's kind of you, you release it on Memorial Day and it's going to go throughout June. And I don't think Solo yeah. will run any, into anything until Jurassic World, but. It's not going to do as well as any other Star Wars or as a saga film, well, like Episode Seven or Eight. But I think it'll do pretty well, about one seventy. Does anyone else think Jurassic World needs to pick better years to release movies? I, the first, the first one they released, it was the same year as Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. 
the which you know broke a bunch of records. The next oh, year, they're... the next year, the next the next Jurassic World movie, they do it with Infinity Wars, which is breaking all the records that uh, Force Awakens broke. Well, but at the same time, <laughs> Jurassic World still made a shitload of money. Like it was, yeah, I think it's like it's... top five or something. In, in, in I think terms it of... might be number five. Yeah. yeah, and and I think for a little bit it was like top three or something, but then The Force Awakens came out, and that just... Uh, yeah. that, that ruined it. What'd you guys think of the uh, Jurassic World trailer in Infinity War? Because, like, I, I was not excited for that movie at all, and then I saw the trailer in Infinity War, and it's, like, an entirely different movie from whenever I originally saw it. It's, like, more of a horror movie Dude, now. That that dinosaur in the little girl's bedroom reaching out, that's like, oh, shit, that's fucking yeah. That was cool. To, to me, it just feels like I, I'm a little bit concerned it'll be a little bit of a rehash of The Lost World, but... You know that's amen, but we'll we'll see. So how's what's Infinity War look like? <laughs> I think yeah, I think we've danced around the subject yeah. long enough. We've all seen Infinity War. Spoiler, spoiler alert! Spoiler spoiler alert! Full spoilers. We're not everyone. we're not gonna do a, a spoiler free section. We're going we're diving straight in. <laughs> everyone is dead, <laughs> including Batman. Yeah, that's true. I can't believe Batman showed up in this. Can you? It was crazy. You know who also died? You, the listener. Oh. You're gone. Goodbye. Well, there is a way you can actually find that out. There's a website called, like, didthanoskill.me. Hey, listen. I survived. I feel great, Mr. Stark. I did not. I'm dead. I I didn't. (laughs) Oh, well, good. Oh, we're 50-50. Look at that. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's, that's, that's what Thanos wanted, right? Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what he wanted. It's about half. They went ahead and killed the better half. <laughs> <laughs> well, you gotta kill the better half because you don't want a rebellion. Right. Uh huh. Right. Uh huh. Sure. <laughs> Just saying, should have been you. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> and all the good feelings are gone. <laughs> you know what I found myself thinking about during the movie? <laughs> Sometimes I get distracted. Oh, no. <laughs> I started thinking about if there were failed infinity stones. <laughs> he just grabbed one of the failed ones. Like he's just like he's just like got the mind stone, soul stone, and then there's one that's just the purple stone, and it just <laughs> can clo- controls the color purple, and it can like desaturate or oversaturate that color all over the universe. And he doesn't realize <laughs> that with his purple skin, it's just constantly changing. Yeah, see, he can make himself like soups purple or kind of gray though with that stone. So that well, wasn't cool. there something like in the Ultimate Universe in the comics they had eight Infinity Gems? I'm talking like I'm talking like straight derpy stones Der- though, like derpy like stone. paper stone that could just like Avengers do all kinds of shit derpy with paper. war. Please, yeah, thank Avengers you. Derpy war. Like one is just like uh, the Infinity Stone for ink pens. And it like literally just did shit with ink pens. It it just to make sure the pen you're using never runs out of ink. Right. Or just some yeah. Or just like it could tell you where a pen's at close by. Like not even anything that useful. Just be like, where's a pen? And it would like point your hand there and be like, Just the closest pen just lights up. Yeah. There it is. Oh, there it is. Hey, what if you had to what if he you know what suck is if he had to get that one too to like get the ultimate power? Like he had all the others, and he's like, I'm pretty close to peak form here, but I'm missing a little something. So then he had to go find the ink pen stone, <laughs> or it wouldn't do the feedback loop that gave him like infinite power. <laughs> even though it wasn't that, even though it wasn't that like useful, and it was just in some kid's desk drawer, like who forgot about it because <laughs> it wasn't that useful. But he had to find it. So that was me during the movie. <laughs> So you you really honed in and focused on making an accurate review of the movie as you watched it. I can do two things. I watched the movie. I love the movie. I was intensely focused on it. Can we just say how big of a dick Star Lord is? Man, yeah. Why he push? Why punch him, man? Well, Come on, you got. Well, it, by, by the, by the second guard of the gap. By the second Guardians of the Galaxy movie, when Ego told him his mom died and he had the same reaction, it's in character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's in character, but, like, wait a... You can wait a fucking second. (laughs) Like, it's... (laughs) The entire... Like, it's not where, like... I mean, technically, the entire fate of the galaxy is is in the balance with Ego, but this is, like, actually the fate of the galaxy (laughs) is in the balance. 
Like, you can yeah. wait, like, two seconds to mourn while they get the gauntlet off. And then, okay, punch him in the face. But right. they should have just been like, Peter, just here, help us, help us take the gauntlet off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. Asshole. We, we could use a hand. You know what I thought? You know what I, I got kind of stumped by in the movie is whenever Thanos just like rears back and punches Captain America. And then mm-hmm. like later he like got up and I was like, wait, <laughs> you still exist? Yeah. <laughs> there were, there were points during that fight where like when Thanos would throw a punch I was just like, well, they're done for. And then, like, you see them get back up, and you're like, was he just not even... Thanos was having an off day. It was like, I feel yeah. like he punched Captain America so hard that it just didn't hurt. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, like, went <laughs> That's over... That's a thing. It came full circle around to not hurting. His power level is circular, so eventually he just comes back around to, like, six-year-old punching you, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, strength. Well, it... it... I think what I liked about Thanos in this was that, like, not it, besides being like an intimidating villain, like, because like from the very get from the like get go, you're like, oh, you, the, we've got a Hulk, and like you're like, oh yeah, Hulk's gonna beat him up, but then like he's like, okay, you've had your fun, and then like you feel every punch every time he punt when he punched Tony or when he punched Captain America, you felt that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, what's intimidating about? Beating Hulk with your hands. Uh, every yeah. to me, like everything, because like Hulk is supposed to be like this huge. That was a sarcastic remark. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, in the word, in the words of Bill Sheehy, can we do that again, please? There you go. Can we do that again? Uh, and in the words of Matt Jones. No! Okay. No! Thank you. Awesome. Alright, I feel, I feel like you have to link that video in the box. In the, in the I'll box. toss that in the description. Uh, Anyone who's not watched Bill Sheehy's first appearance on Hank and we're not, We don't even... Let's not talk about it. We're, we're just good. I let's think continue. you should. So Thanos... Should. <laughs> well, an interesting thing about Thanos is this is really his movie. Yeah. I was... Because it... Okay, go, oh, ahead. go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Sorry, I've been talking too much. <laughs> How dare you talk on a podcast? It's unheard yeah, of. I, we like to have at least five minutes of quiet time. Okay. We need at least like nine awkward little, silences per minute. Just well, a little tea break. I guess you know? what, what kind of took me surprised by by this film was that it, it, how much it was Thanos' movie. Because like you have, it, it's called Avengers Infinity War and you think, okay, you're going to focus on Tony Stark or Captain America or Star-Lord or, or, or somebody else. But I was just surprised at how much time we got to know Thanos. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess you like, in order to get to know him, you need that time and to understand his motivations. He's insane, but at the same time, you're like, okay, you you understand it, but like you you don't agree with it. You he thinks what he's doing is right, which in in, in all film or in all like any kind of storytelling, though the villains that like you can like who think that they're the good guys, I think are the best kind of villains. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And and you even have kind of a sense of almost fairness with him occasionally. Because, mm-hmm. like, he could just use the reality gym and every time he showed up in a fight, immediately, like, disintegrate people. Yeah, I think he was toying but, with them more than anything. Exactly. But he always prefers to be like, okay, no, like, I'll give you a chance to try to stop. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the thing. That's kind of his jam in the comics is he's he always tries to give him a chance to stop him because he's, like, deep down, he just kind of, like, he he, he wants to lose. He wants to be with his mistress death. Right. And that's, like, mm-hmm. that's why, uh, I, I in my opinion, that's why uh, Doctor Strange was like, yeah, it's the only way uh, to get through this is to let him win is because... It you know deep down he doesn't want to win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ooh, so. I, I hadn't thought of it. Like so now, I, I'm not a big comic book buff. I, I I've I've watched the movie since Iron Man, but mm-hmm. is he like that? Like he 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 doesn't want to win. Is that like is that from the comics or part or is of? That- he, part of Thanos's thing is he's like the avatar of death in the mm-hmm. comics, and he is in love with death, mm-hmm. which is kind of the like. Just there's a lady personification of, of death, death in yeah. the comics. I've heard of her, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he is always kind of chasing her. Mm-hmm. And so the tricky thing is, is just because of who he is, he can almost never die. Or he'll die and then almost immediately come back up. 
And part of him just always wants to stay dead so he can stay with death. Mm -hmm. And also, like, he, uh, you know, he does things in the comics, like, in the Infinity Gauntlet storyline, he has all the Infinity Stones and all the Avengers come to fight him, and he, like, purposefully powers himself down uh, just to, like, give them a chance, basically. Mm -hmm. So, like, Mm -hmm. you know, he doesn't have to do that, and he, like, gives him a chance to win like cuz he kind of he kind of wants to lose hmm mhm he's wow. got like that kind of character flaw yeah. about him okay. and, and a little fun fact about the little the couple topics we have Thanos actually cursed uh Deadpool with immortality so he couldn't be with death wow yes cuz in the comics uh Thanos and Deadpool both have a thing for death mm and they're kind of frequently at odds with each other. Now, do they both have a thing for Celine Dion? Hell uh, yeah, I think man. that's just a is, Deadpool. Is thing. that canon? I mean, it, okay. I mean, if Thanos doesn't, uh, I lost all respect for him. <laughs> <laughs> Not the fact that he committed genocide throughout the universe, but mm-hmm. the fact that he doesn't like Celine Dion. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's it. That's the. The straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> I, I think the deciding factor there would be whether or not Celine Dion was one of the people who got disintegrated at the end of so the movie. So is Celine Dion an Infinity Stone? Is, that's that's what I'm getting here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's one of Noah's lame Infinity Stones. <laughs> you can just hear her songs every time you hold it up, you clench your fist or whatever. <laughs> Wherever you are. <laughs> that's beautiful. <laughs> I will say, it makes a lot of sense to base it around Thanos, though, because he's the character in the movie who we know the least amount yeah. about. And, and while we've gotten, like, bits and pieces of him, like, we saw him at the end of Avengers, and then they, we, we've seen him throughout the MCU, but I think to, like, make him truly the big bad villain of the entire universe, I think you have to give that time to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, outside of the Infinity Wars, the most we ever saw of Thanos was Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. True. With and him and Rodan. And even that, he was just sitting in a chair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God damn, he loved that chair. Looked like a comfy chair. He's he really low energy for how, you know, for how destructive he is. <laughs> well, he's he's got to save his power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For fist fighting Hulk. Mm-hmm. That's why, his, that's why his kids hate him. He's really low energy and inattentive, and he just sits in his chair all day. Low energy and kind of a dick. Yeah. Not even, yeah, that, ki- not even kind of, just straight up a dick. Like, you know, committing mass genocide, no, that's that's not a kind of dick thing. That's like, that's you went full-blown dick for that. <laughs> yeah, there comes, there comes a point around wiping out half the universe that you move on from kind of a dick. And also, missing all of Gamora Nebula's soccer games. <laughs> that was kind of a dick move too. You didn't see that in Infinity War, did you? Yeah, they and they told him in advance too. Like he had no excuse. Dad, will you come to our soccer games? I'm trying. No, you're not. Dad. This does put a <laughs> smile on my face. No, <laughs> <laughs> actually, since we've kind of brought that up, I thought it was interesting exploring his relationship with Gamora, and especially leading up to the climactic moment of. Where she's, they get to where he, they get to Vormir and he has to sacrifice something he loves to get the soul stone. And she's, Gamora's just like, oh, haha, you can't, you don't love anything. And like, you as the audience kind of figure it out before she does. Mm -hmm. And you're just sitting there going, oh no, he does love one thing. I mean, it took her the red skull to realize what he's crying about. Mm -hmm. That was a great cameo, by the way. There was... That was the moment where I was like, holy shit, they're truly bringing everything back for this one movie. Because mm-hmm. there was no mention of him at all throughout in, but, but since the first Avenger. So I think mm-hmm. that's it. Those are the little things that, like, if you've been watching since Iron Man, those are the things that, that you love. But talking about, like, mm-hmm. but Thanos and Gamora, I kind of... It's hard for me to sympathize with Thanos on that because he's such a monster you know Mm -hmm. it's it's i understand why the russos did it and i understand why the writers would use that as a way to get the soul stone but it it just it it rubs me the wrong way for whatever reason just because like someone like that i i don't think is is capable of love yeah i don't think well here's the thing i think that 
maybe in his mind he thought that that's why he was doing it. But I don't think he. I don't. And Gamora said, I don't think he loves Gamora. He just mm-hmm. like, cause he, I think he just idealizes that like kid version of her that he found yeah. that like makes mm-hmm. him feel like he's doing the right thing and he's good, but he doesn't. Like, and well, and, well, he thinks he's uh saving the universe by reducing half so like resources are plentiful after reducing the universe by half mm-hmm. so he well, like, thinks he's doing the right thing well, you know whenever like after she's dead and he does it and he goes uh back he's like in his mind he's talking to gamora as a kid and she's like did you do it and i think that's just what did it cost everything yeah well yeah. i think that ba- to me it kind of seemed like yeah he doesn't actually love gamora but he just he just kind of loves thinking that he's doing the right thing or thinking that he's good so he's just kind of got this mental mm-hmm. image of her as that kid that he's mm-hmm. protecting or whatever yeah. but it's I not think, anything to do with her it's just him I think he loves the idea of the little girl who he took under his wing and you know trained up and oh I made her real tough and I've I given I her a better world mm-hmm. and meanwhile like in actuality he doesn't necessarily care for the Gamora that exists then. Mm-hmm. But with yeah. all the power that Infinity Gauntlet has, he can't bring Gamora back. I don't <laughs> know about that. Yeah, That's, I don't know. See, like, he, can't, he can't just turn back time because then he'll lose the Soul Stone because well, of it. Here's here's the thing, I, and, and we'll talk about the de- the more of the deaths a little bit later. I think Gamora is is the one of the like pre-like big battle deaths that I could see coming back because I think Loki, Heimdall, the Collector, they're all gone. And who gives a mm-hmm. who gives a shit about the Collector anyway? But I think Loki right. and Heimdall. Hey, are gone. he was my favorite. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> he had so Steve many from Canada, toys. we 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 appreciate you listening again. Um, <laughs> thanks for staying on. Um, but I think that she's such an integral part of the Guardians of the Galaxy. I think mm-hmm. that either in Avengers 4 or Guardians of the Galaxy 3, she'll be brought back in some capacity because right. I, I, you don't leave an important character like Gamora and, and you saw how it affected uh, Star-Lord. So I think mm-hmm. what I could see happening is Guardians of, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is the quest to bring Gamora back. Well, I'll tell you this. That's, that's pretty... That's, that's probably right. I would say she's... Trapped in the soul world, if I had to guess. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that's kind of a thing from the comics. So I yeah. would think that the next Guardians movie would probably be going to get her back from yeah. that or something. Mm-hmm. So I thought the next Guardians cool. movie was going to be Warlock. Well, you, Adam Warlock you, is actually tends to be associated with the Soul Gem. I think that uh, they, that would be yeah. a really good way to incorporate him yeah, because absolutely. he's the like keeper of the soul gym. Mm-hmm. Most and especially time, where Thanos is the avatar of death, Adam Warlock tends to be the avatar of life. Mm-hmm. And so good point. Having Absolutely. him in the next guardians. I, I think I sort of agree with Noah and that's something from the comics of, I wouldn't be surprised if she is somehow trapped within the soul. Stone. He's also the avatar of slick gold body paint. Yeah. That's- oh God, he is. And super nineties <laughs> hair. Right. But but the whole thing is like if you look at who survived, it's all the original Avengers, and you know most of them are are done after Avengers four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that whole talk with that Vision and Captain America have like you don't trade a life for a life. I feel like they're gonna be trading a life for a life. I I think you'll probably see in Avengers four sacrifices from those original founding Avengers mm-hmm. in order to bring back everyone else and save the universe. Yeah. Yeah. Which do we want to just go ahead and start talking deaths here? I mean, we've been well, pitter patting around the subject. We can, might as well. Can we talk a little bit about like I? I kind of want to talk about just like the pacing of it. How like it, oh, definitely. Like yeah. it kind of what 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 I found really really impressive about the movie. And while like the second time I saw it, I was like, this 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 is my favorite Marvel movie. Um was just how there are so many different plot lines. There are so many mm-hmm. different things that just work so seamlessly that it, like it, a movie like this sh- just should not work. And the fact right, that no. it does is an incredible like achievement to me. And I just, mm-hmm. I just feel like from moment one, you feel the power of Thanos. And then from there it goes to th- the places it needs to go. It, it takes inspiration from the comics where instead of silver surfer, saying Thanos is coming, you have Hulk saying it's coming, 
and mm-hmm. it just it it highlights all the best parts of each Avenger, each Guardian of the Galaxy, uh, and it does it in a really satisfying way. And I would say it really doesn't have a wasted moment oh, yeah. built into it. Like everything moves, and almost every pretty much every character has something to do. Because mm-hmm. that's a thing. Whenever you have that's a thing we worried about. I remember for the very first Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. Is people are saying, well, how can you have a movie with like six main characters and everyone gets that's something nothing. to do? Like that's like and, <laughs> the, yeah. six, the first ten and, minutes have six main characters. Yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile, like you're getting this, and you're like, how do you have a movie with like thirty main characters? How do you have a movie with seventy-eight? <laughs> and like I've seen people who say like, oh, well, Captain America, and Black Widow, and Black Panther are just kind of glorified cameos. I'm like. I wouldn't say that because I think they do all serve a purpose. Oh yeah, and they they all have a moment. Oh god, that war at Wakanda was amazing with Black Panther, mm-hmm. yeah, America, and Black Widow. That was that's awesome. how good the uh, thing should have been at the end of Black Panther, like that war scene there. Because mm-hmm. uh, I thought like the kind of war scene at the end of Black Panther was a little bit dopey, and then mm-hmm. at the end of Avengers, like, I don't think you. It's obviously not on the same scale as Infinity yeah, War, but right. like I understand what you're saying because like it does feel like just a battle in a field with like ten people <laughs> as opposed it felt to like, like the it, end of Phantom it, Menace to it, me. Yeah. The Infinity War or no Black the Black Panther yeah. where they're like you know they got Anakin in the ship and then they mm-hmm. got Martin Freeman in the ship and then they got the <laughs> little battle in a field and then they got another battle in a field like it all felt like the there's same so much as that. Star Wars I wasn't prepared for this. we're sitting bill into ptsd Uh, uh, (laughs) the only thing that was missing from martin freeman was him saying now this is pod racing yeah there you go (laughs) that's the only thing that was missing i'm sure that's in some deleted scene good point good point (laughs) but i i think yeah it's this did definitely feel like a big epic battle and one thing I love, because as it was going on, I was like, oh, well, we might not, because they're fighting Thanos on Titan, they're fighting the Black Order on Earth and in Wakanda. I was like, well, we might not get, like, Thanos arriving on Earth. Mm-hmm. And then, like, there's the moment where everything kind of goes quiet, and you just see, like, the birds flying away, mm-hmm. and you're just like, oh, no, he's here. From that moment on, it's like the entire audience is the exact same way. Because I, I mm-hmm. both the audiences I saw it for were packed. It was on a Thursday night and a Sunday night, which is insane to me. But like, it, it, it's there are so many like what I was continually blown away with was just how like interactive the audience was with with each big moment. And like there were parts where like you couldn't hear what was happening because people were cheering over it. Hmm. The 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 part I loved about this is technically this is a two parter, but it didn't feel like no. it. No, it it, it no. felt like this was its standalone movie because w- what happened at the end? Thanos won. He he achieved his goal. Like I I honestly thought he was not gonna get all the salt, the Infinity Stones this movie. Mm-hmm. He was gonna get like probably four or five of them. There'd be like one or two left that he needs to get. No, he got them all. He just yeah. He, he he snapped his fingers. Half the universe is dead. He you goes back like. and sits on that stoop and stares at the sunset. He won. Mm-hmm. You know what I like about what Marvel's done too is I feel like that they, without all the other movies that came before it, they couldn't have made a movie like this that was good because mm-hmm. they what what I've noticed like over the years with them is they've kind of built like a formula of pacing in movies that I think is like critical to how popular all the movies are. Like if you look mm-hmm. back to like Iron Man or like Thor one or Captain America one, there's a lot of like slow clunky scenes in those movies sometimes mm-hmm. that like you don't see now. And I think that, I think that somewhere along the way they kind of just learn to like juggle and balance like a lot of elements in a movie and a lot of like, uh, plots and exposition without making like slow boardroom scenes of like talking, uh, talking to catch up on the plot and everything just moves mm-hmm. really quick and then suddenly they've got this movie, which got like almost it's got like every character they've got except a few, and they manage to keep it moving like really fast, yeah. and they include everything, mm-hmm. and it feels like a big cohesive piece. And I think if they hadn't like kind of learned through all those other movies like how to crank those out, then that wouldn't have been nearly as good. I thought another interesting thing was how they paired characters together because mm-hmm. it's not always 
ones that you would traditionally have making sense. Probably the biggest example of that is Thor with Rocket and Groot. Yeah. But the the grouping worked because just for whatever reason, those characters were very interesting when playing mm-hmm. off each other. And the fact Groot was an elective for uh, the Asgardians. Mm-hmm. The, the yeah. That, I yes. thought that was really, really fun. Yeah, because, and I thought that, like, they would have paired, like, Rocket and Tony Stark together. Cause exactly. Because that, that felt like a That's more... That's the obvious combo, though. Yeah, that is, you're absolutely right, and which is what I was expecting, but I think that every pairing they did, whether it's, you know, Captain America and Wakanda, or Thor with Rocket, or the Guardians with Stark, and, and, and Doctor Strange with Tony Stark was kind of a perfect yes. magic, too, because that was, in a similar way, how I thought that Rocket and, and Stark would have done really, really well together. Hey, don't forget about Spider-Man with that. Well, I think, uh, Spider-Man yeah. was strange, and uh, Tony was great. I think Strange and Tony Stark are, like, really similar. Yeah, so no, I, I agree, because... Personality-wise, yes, definitely. Yes. Well, I, mean, I wouldn't even say personality-wise, because Tony Stark's a bit more, sort of, he's a bit more charming, I would say. Yeah, but I, I think, think like Doctor, Doctor Strange, Strange is just is kind of a much. dick. But I think they're both, I think they're both, like, type A, like, want to be, like, head of the pack, like, the leader mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that goes for very... most of the people in the Avengers. They're mm-hmm. all, most of type A. Well, they think, yeah. like, I mean, they, you know, they walk in and think they're the smartest person in the room, and that they've got a you know, tell everybody what to do and stuff, and then they, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're really obsessive and stuff, Tony with, like, technology, and then Doctor Strange with, like, magic and stuff. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Magic and, and stuff. Magic, magic and, stuff. and stuff. And stuff. Just mostly stuff. <laughs> um, I but like... The, whoop. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, I like, uh, I like how there's, like, a lot of little things now that kind of make me feel like Almost like I'm reading a comic book when I'm watching these movies because there's so many little tiny subplots that you kind of have to watch all of them to like keep mm-hmm. up with. Now, like Thor, now one of Thor's eyes is actually like a fake eye and stuff, mm-hmm. and that's like a little thing you wouldn't know if you hadn't seen this one or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, it's just a nice little subplot line thing, kind of like you'd find in a comic book where like you just have to see them all to know yeah. it. Exactly. Stuff. Yeah. Like, you just open up a new comic, and you're like, oh, I thought Thor was missing an eye. And it's like, oh, no, and the side issue over here, he got right, a exactly. robot eye. See, that's that's what I'm talking about. That's super Well, and cool. I think it rewards you for, like, if, if you do that, though. And I think that's what's great about this movie is that, like, it's the, it's the culmination of all the little side issues that lead to this mm-hmm. one big moment. And mm-hmm. that was the thing they said in the New Yorker article, like the title was that it was like an <laughs> ad for all the other Listen. Uh, ones. And I thought like, yo, that's a good thing though. Like I thought that was a no, good yeah. I thought that it. was the most bullshit review of any review I've ever seen for a movie ever. Like <laughs> it was bad. He, he was obviously just doing it to get attention because everybody oh, yeah. who was going oh, to yeah. see this movie was really excited. I just I think that there are always contrarians, and this guy was just trying to get a couple of clicks because the, the the overwhelming consensus to me, from critics and fans alike, was that this was an amazing movie, and I think yeah. that he mm-hmm. was just doing it to get like to get noticed. I, I I feel that I thought I kind of felt the same thing. I feel like you mm-hmm. just need the clicks, and it got the clicks. I mean, eh, everybody everybody knew about it. It, mm-hmm. it definitely did, and it's I think like the problem is because I've seen a couple other reviewers doing similar things. But the thing is, they're always just like, well, if you haven't seen any of the other Marvel movies, mm-hmm. you won't get this. I'm just sort of like, yeah, but like most people figured that out coming in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's not like you had 10 years to watch all the movies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's eight, It's 18 movies in 10 years. Like, I know that is a lot, but it's also like, you know, if you, you have if 10 years is... to do it. <laughs> so but it's also like if the, if you're going in and you're like, oh, I'm going to make the big culmination of everything that's been happening for 10 years. My first ever Marvel movie that might not be the yeah. best choice you've made. Yeah. I mean, it's like when you want to learn about like physics, you don't start with like physics volume eight. You start with volume mm-hmm. one and then get to there. Yeah. I mean that's a, you, that's a piss poor analogy, but like it, it's well, it's or if you're like if you're reading a novel, you don't just start at you know yeah. chapter twenty five. If, if you start, I do Harry because Potter then I finish with, more books. Yeah, if you <laughs> if you start Harry Potter with 
the Deathly Hallows, you're probably not going to understand anything that's happening. Exactly. I mean, you might understand there's magic. I mean, that's about it. Yeah, but if you start, if you start at like the end of all the books you read, then you can tell your friends you've read like tons of books. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do that with I Netflix know, documentaries. I know how this series ends. That's that's how I got. That's how I made everyone think I read War and Peace. I just read the last two chapters and was like, <laughs> yeah, it was a quick read for me, but uh, very very not. No, I spent book. a good Tuesday on it. And it was one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I know all the things. I read the last know. Game of Thrones book. I know how everything ends. <laughs> what what do you think way, about this character? Who the fuck's that character? He died <laughs> the second book. Oh. I'm so past that. I'm not even thinking about that anymore. Also, David, if you have read the final Game of Thrones book, you have traveled back in time. That's <laughs> <laughs> do you mean I do you mean I traveled forward in time? Well, well I mean you, you would have had back. to have traveled. Yeah, you've podcast. come back to um, here. Hold on, let's chart, let's chart it out. Hold on, uh, let me get my sketch pad <laughs> oh, out. Hold on, <laughs> let me erase this whiteboard that has the Marvel timeline and instead. If you see time put... singular as a straight line. <laughs> <laughs> see, I went forward in time to tell myself to come back in time to do this podcast. To wait, what? Are you getting that down, Daniel? <laughs> uh huh. Hold on. And then that, that forward me was an asshole and decided to go further into the future. <laughs> Where he pissed in someone's jar, and then in the past he drank that jar. And then we'll get... <laughs> this is getting very complicated. And then we never saw him again. Then three weeks later. <laughs> I will say, uh, since we were talking earlier about like character interactions, I thought this actually did a pretty good job of establishing one of the for lack of better term, stranger relationships in the Marvel Universe, which is Vision and Scarlet Witch. Because they've sort of hinted at that throughout mm. movies, but I thought this was the one where it's like, oh no, yeah. like this is who they are. I feel this like they were that. directing towards that in Civil War, and I just think mm-hmm. that this was... they. And it's in the comics, obviously, so I mean, it, it, mm-hmm. it felt like that's what it was building towards anyway. So I mean... I enjoyed it, and even though I, I, I guarantee you, Paul Bettany showed up as Paul Bettany because he didn't want to be, he didn't want to <laughs> get in all that vision makeup because that's like a five and a half hour process. <laughs> Just one day can yeah. I come in and not have to be in makeup for five hours? Here, here's my my thoughts on the Vision Scarlett Johansson thing. Is it told me a lot about myself? I, I know that I'm not Scarlett that mature. Scarlett Johansson? But hold on. You mean Scarlet yeah. Witch? Mm-hmm. I learned that I was uh, oh Scarlet Witch. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I learned there that I didn't is. really know what I was there talking about. There it is. But, there uh, it is. Yeah, I I know that I'm not a real mature adult because the moment I saw them kiss, my first thought was, wait, does he have a robot dick? Yes. Like, the answer is. D- does he have a dick at all? Like, does he? Well, he seems to be able to shift his appearance. I would imagine part of that. So no, they, I wish I had that. I wish I had that. You need to support pretty... Proposition Infinity. Did they That'd give him be... the ability to grow a robot dick? That would hey, be pretty, pretty do you, dope. Noah, do you not support Proposition Infinity? I do. Uh, I'm all about it, it. Let me ask you this too. The Futurama like... fans, that's a little thing for you. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess. Does he support Proposition Infinity? Mitch McConnell. <laughs> oh, damn, you're right. Well, like, you know what's really bad for him, too, though, oh, oh. is, like, one, if he performs bad sexually, then that's I mean, all on him. How, how he can, can he perform bad sexually? He's got to be able to vibrate with his see, robot body. If he does, then, then that's really bad on him, because he's got access to all this, like, robot shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, like you said, like, vibrating or, like, Imagining he has a bigger dick or something. And I, gotta, I gotta imagine he has full control of when he when he lets go of his load. Yeah, exactly. Like if he can't oh, do that, geez. he's like a bad robot. Like, I'd probably make a new robot. He, if at that point, he had a leak that he needs to get soldered shut. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Right. Well, that's fun. That's fun. <laughs> Welcome for Here I was well, trying to talk about how it was sweet, and the you know it leads to emotional conflict of she's the only one who can destroy the gym that might be keeping him alive. Yeah. But no, just we go straight to robot sex. <laughs> Listen, he's got a robot dick. Robot, we always. It appears that like when robot dick is an option, that's that's always where where, where this group goes. <laughs> 
<laughs> what if he's like? What if he's not good because like he keeps phasing out? Like he's like trying to like go for home base and he just keeps phasing out and he's like, I'm sorry, this never happens. Except it is there, is there a robot erectile dysfunction? Like these are the, these are the important questions. And so she's like, he's like, he's how like, how many commercials right. run for robot CLs? <laughs> he's like, all right, can you feel that? And she's like, no, you're phasing through me, asshole. And he's like, oh god, I'm sorry. Oh god! <laughs> wow! 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 Okay, so okay. now we went through our episode's penis joke. Let's My window is open. <laughs> People outside can hear me. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, I'm really glad. <laughs> I'm really hoping yeah. someone's actually out there just staring up your window, like, "What the well, fuck's wrong with you?" I was alerted to the. I was alerted to the fact that it is open because I, I heard people stirring. <laughs> <laughs> and going, why would he why would he phase through? That's stupid. <laughs> but like Vision's plan of look, we can just destroy this gym and then he can't complete it. And it's one of those things of like it would have worked, but it's also very in character. For Cap to sort of be like, no, you're, we're not just going to kill you to make it easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, are you sure, though? Because he's kind of just a robot. Well, and even if, if he they did, I mean, like, they would have, Thanos would have just turned back time anyway. So, I mean, it, it wasn't like it was, it was a smart decision to make anyway. Yeah. Well, well, if you would have destroyed it before he got the time stone, he probably might not have been able to turn time back far enough. Mm, maybe. I don't, you don't. Uh, he. Because he might not have known where it was destroyed. Yeah. Right. True. True. So those gems tend to, even when they're destroyed, reform over time. So, do you mind if I ask a question? I mean, the... Go for it. So what was everybody's, like, sta- favorite standout moment in the movie? Because I, I know mine, but, I, I like... The-, the Doctor Strange versus Thanos yeah, fight. I could see that. It- yeah, it gets super. That's the fight I've always wanted Doctor Strange mm-hmm. to have, where it's you kind of get though Thanos is using the gems, you kind of get two magicians just throwing crazy stuff at each yeah. other, and you get like there's that's kind of filled with fun little moments, like when Doctor Strange is trying to hold Thanos and he has the crimson bands of Sidorak just appear, and like there's a lot of fun stuff in that, and. Like, it made me, I was watching that, and I was like, man, like, Doctor Strange is going up against Thanos with four Infinity Stones and, mm-hmm. like, holding his own. Yeah. And he's doing it without any backup. Like, and this is Keep in mind, amazing. he did not have an Infinity, he didn't have the, enti- the the Time Stone either, which I think is, like like you said, was insanely impressive. Especially, he's been in two movies, and we haven't really seen, like, his full potential, so I mean I th- that's really impressive. I completely agree. I liked I actually liked the fight between Thanos and Iron Man. Yeah, because like, I I find mm-hmm. they do they do Iron Man's fights so well because like he he has access to like all these gadgets, but it seems like he's just he's so quick and intelligent that he finds like really interesting ways to use them. Mm-hmm. Like when he's using his like big jet booster thing to get like bigger hits on Thanos and stuff, and like. He, I, I love watching him go, and they always find new, new kind of tech to explore with him. So I love watching mm-hmm. him go. Mm-hmm. I, I, I probably gotta go with one of the probably the saddest scene in the movie because of how that acting was with Peter Parker's death. Yeah. Oh yes. my God. Just, Tom Holland killed that scene yeah. in the arms of his basically surrogate father's hands. Mm-hmm. And just mm-hmm. that whole, I, I, I don't want to, like, it, it's like. The, the, the David Tennant Doctor Who line. Oh, uh, yes, put, exactly. It put chills down my back, it put tears in my eyes. It was just, like, so well done. It was That amazing. was, like, one of the moments where, like, people were openly sobbing. Like, my, I, was, I, was, I was sitting with my sister, because, like, this is, like, we go see these movies together. And she mm-hmm. was, like, just heartbroken. <laughs> like, she was, like, just completely a, a hot mess. It, and it just hits you harder when you realize, oh yeah, he's a sixteen-year-old kid. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, oh exactly. my god! It's it just like, it, it, and just Tom Holland's performance in that was just. This on is what point. Tony Stark was worried about. He's been worried mm-hmm. about since the the first Avengers. So it, and like the last thing, 
Peter says to Tony Stark is, I'm sorry, and you just can tell Ugh. Tony wants to be like, it is not your fault. God. But, so- and when we entered the theater, me, I saw it with uh, my two sisters, and we were walking into the theater behind a kid, mm-hmm. like, little kid, who was wearing Spider-Man boots. Oh, no. God. <laughs> and so, Ugh. in the credits, one of my sisters just turned to me and went, oh, that kid. Oh, no. Oh, no. no. Oh, oh God. no! Screw you, kid! <laughs> I saw someone online who said the soundtrack to the closing credits for them was a bunch of crying children. Was, and I was like, yeah, honestly, I yeah, could, I could see that. It was either it was silence mixed with sobbing. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! And God. it's and you have you have deaths throughout the movie because it begins with Heimdall mm-hmm. and a. Most of Asgard. Yeah. Most of what's left of the Asgardians. And then, of course, Loki. That that was a shocker to me. I thought Loki was for sure betraying everyone. I, yeah, I, that was good. Uh, I kind of figured uh, he would die, but just... It was brutal. Like, it was straight... Like, straight up just mm-hmm. broke his neck... Broke his neck with his... I, like, with a hand. I thought he just suffocated him. Did yeah. he actually break the neck? I, I think there is you a could, crack. You could, like... It, it, it almost was like... You know when, like... You have one of those like squishy rubber ball things, like those stress ball. It kind of felt like looked like that, but like with a crack in it. Like it just went from like just regular choking to like in like no right. time flat. Get it on the whiteboard. Yeah, get it on the whiteboard. Here we go. Draw it out. Uh, <laughs> oh, you know what? You know what? I've drawn it out now, and it it it, it was a crack. It was yeah. indeed a crack. There you go. There you go. Yeah. It, and then let's see. You have the collector who I figured would was probably gonna. It. Uh, you have Gamora, who probably stands the best chance of any of them of coming yeah. back. I think of, of all well, the people who died before, like, and I said this before, of the the people who yeah. died before the snap. I think she'll be yeah. back. Okay, I'm about to say because there's already a Spider-Man two movie coming out, and so oh, he's yeah. coming yeah. back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all, all, oh, these, all these people that like died, and let's just let's let's talk about that last scene with Thanos mm-hmm. and, and Thor. Because oh, and you do have sorry, you do have right before the snap, you have vision. Yeah, which you which you have a couple of like like my favorite scene was it was when like Thor came to the battle of Wakanda because that was just like oh, oh yes. my that was the one scene where like everybody like and I talked about how people like would cheer, but this that was the moment where I, like I could not hear the movie at all because there were cheers in my theater. Yeah, because it was it was just such a perfect moment where it was like bring me Thanos. And you're like, yeah, bring him Thanos. We want to see that. And so when when you finally the the last couple of scenes where you're 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 seeing like okay Thanos is coming, he's taking down everybody with no problem, and then you think okay Scarlet Witch is gonna destroy it, and then you see him use the time stone. You're like, oh shit, yes. no, 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 no. I like the way you put that earlier. It's like, bring me Thanos. Oh, oh, right. I bring him see Thanos. Oh, like a yeah. boy just walks out and is like, oh, golly, sir, I'll go get him for you. Yeah, they, they, that's that's actually my aesthetic. Good golly, sir. Mr. Good golly, Mr. Sir. Thanos, sir. Uh, uh, Thor wants you to come right but, away. But he says he's really important. Here's the whole thing about strong. Here's the whole thing about Vision's quote unquote death. It's like, after he gets that Infinity Stone ripped out of him, he goes very pale. And there is that storyline where he does not have the Infinity Stone. He's completely white and, like, with no personality. Well, in the comics, he doesn't have the Infinity... He, he's not powered by the Infinity Stone. He's empowered by the a solar gem, I think. Mm-hmm. But there is one where he loses that and just kind of goes entirely gray. He, he is in Wakanda, where the technology is beyond everywhere else. He can be yeah. brought back. And it looks to because when I was watching that, it almost looked like Shuri might have successfully kind of untethered yeah, him. Yeah, that's kind of how from the how stone I saw right it at too. the end. Yeah, absolutely. And so, like when that happened, I was like, "Well, you know, there's damage up there, but they might be able, like, if she can fix that, he might be able to get back in this a bit." Mm-hmm. So, but then he's going to be upset because, like, after the snap, Scarlet Witch kind of vanished. And that hurts big time because she's the only one that's proven that she can do damage to the Infinity Stones. <laughs> yeah. Well, she can do damage to the Mind Gem because it sort of gave her her powers. I'm not sure if she can do damage to all the stones. But she's still the only one that's proven to do damage oh, to yeah. them. 
Now, now I think we can talk about the snap. Yes. Yes, I think we're ready for the snap. Be- <sighs> that... So, Gamora has a thing has a quote early on, basically saying the entire time she's known Thanos, and this is in the trailer too, you know, he's only ever had one goal, wiping out half the population of the universe. If he gets all the Infinity Stones, then he can do it with the snap of his fingers. And at the end of the movie, he gets all six Infinity Stones, and he snaps his fingers... And there you go. It, uh, in, Quick question, I, though. Did he use the Affinity Stones to heal himself? Because he should have had a big gash in his chest. Yeah, I, I think I think that's kind of the... That's that's what I get he, from it. Is that he, yeah, he, he might have. Yeah, because he, he has all the stones to... He can change time and space and reality, so who, he can pretty much do whatever the hell he wants. So well, if you he, notice, like, after he... Uh, after he uses it and stuff, and he's sitting on that planet, his like arm that he's wearing the glove on is like all jacked up and mm-hmm. stuff. Well, I mean, oh, that I, that I, glove I mean, is heavily damaged. Yeah, Thor oh, destroyed yeah. like it, he beat the shit out of it. So, in mm-hmm. I think what's so great about that like final scene is you get oh you're like oh yeah the the heroes win and then you're you think that you're gonna hear Thanos's last words. And it should have aimed for the head. You should have aimed for the head, and there's the snap, and then everything just goes to shit. Yeah. And so, like. And I love it doesn't happen right away. Like, they're sort of sitting there for a bit, and they're like, oh, he's just gone now. Like, what what happened? And then you just get Bucky Mm -hmm. disintegrate. Ugh. Steve? (laughs) Steve? Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. And then it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And then, like, I don't know what it was about Black Panther, but like, I, I that was the one that like, kind of like reaffirmed that like, okay, this isn't permanent. Black mm-hmm. Panther is a huge hit. They're not gonna get rid of him. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, whoa, that's I, I think fucking it's Black because... Panther. <laughs> I think it was because everyone kind of went in there thinking, well, probably this is the end of, like, Iron Man and Captain America and Thor, Mm -hmm. and we'll see those characters go. And, like, basically all the characters you thought, well, the Guardians will be fine Mm because they're really popular, and Spider-Man will be fine, and they were just the ones who went. Oh, yeah. Because Rocket's the only Guardian left standing. Well, him and Nebula. I had prepared myself mentally for, like, like you said, Captain America, Thor, Iron Man. Like, and even when Tony got stabbed, I was like, oh, no. But, like, I, I had prepared myself. But I, mm-hmm. I don't think I was prepared to, like, to lose that, those people, especially Groot. Like, Groot, like, it's not like regular Groot. It's teenage Groot. Like, there were two teenagers mm-hmm. died. <laughs> like, in, in yeah. which, if if you told me ten years ago, you know, Marvel at the, the, the huge culmination of everything, they're going to kill two teenagers. I mean, like, oh, okay, well. That went in a different direction, but... Oh, yeah, because that's the thing. You're always like, well, they're never going to really, like, hurt the kids. And then you're just sitting there, and you have, like, Tony holding Peter as he just vanishes. You'd be hard-pressed to convince me that they were going to keep anything permanent in that universe. Just like any comic book I've ever read. Like, yeah, Even if, like, even if, like, Chris Evans is like, I'm going to leave after Avengers 4. I'd be like, yeah, right, bro. See you in two years. (laughs) Oh, but, um... What I want to go back and talk about is uh, he talked about the Iron Man getting stabbed. I have a lot of people bitching about the Doctor Strange sitting there, like how he just gave it up, and I just want to clarify. He saw 14 million and a half futures, and there's only one that wins. He knows what he's doing. There's a reason he gave him the stone. I'm willing to bet that in Avengers 4, we will find out that Doctor Strange has kind of set something in motion. Well, he also said he also said that he wouldn't do he wouldn't protect them over the universe and stuff anyway. And then so like mm-hmm. obviously he was like, yeah, this is for he's like this is the only way to win. I rather, think, but rather I, Tony I, Stark was super important in this whole thing, or the fact that he got the Infinity Stone right then was very important. Something mm-hmm. about that moment was why um, mm-hmm. Doctor Strange gave him that because he saw the one future where they win. Mm. I right. I kind of think that like and even like when he said that I I, I still thought that Doctor Strange was a little full of shit like because I, I think he's very much in he he's very similar to Tony where like he talks a big game but like at the end of the day I think he's gonna he's gonna I, do the right thing. I don't I I don't know if I don't think if he saw those fourteen and a half million 
outcomes. I don't think he would yeah. have given it to Thanos. I think he would have stuck by his word there. Mm. Mm-hmm. But I think I think the fact that he saw the one path to victory is the reason why he gave it up. And it could even be a mixture of both that he saw something that might just be might be a glimmer of hope and he saw something he's like, okay, there's a path to victory here and also I can't just watch Thanos kill this person. Mm-hmm. Mm. But and but that movie like going into the credits just feels really hopeless. It does, like, and like even though we kind of because we know that like Marvel's not going to do certain things, and we know probably these characters are coming back. Like there are understandably people, especially kids, who wouldn't know that, and they just watched all their favorite heroes die. Yeah. <laughs> uh. But, however, there is a tiny glimmer of hope if you stay through the credits. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I think Marvel. Because then you get to learn who the best boy was when they made the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it, Spoiler alert, it was some producer's kid. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific. Wonderful. Probably. Wonderful. Uh, you know, and I... I loved Samuel L. Jackson in this too because it, it was definitely the quintessential mm-hmm. Sam Jackson <laughs> kind of scene yeah. where it was like he was just the dialogue like you know what he was about to say like I don't even think he's mm-hmm. playing Nick Fury anymore I think he's just playing Samuel Jackson <laughs> I think he's always been playing yeah. Samuel L. Jackson yeah. instead I mean, of fair Nick point. Fury fair point <laughs> but like this was the most like you know like what, oh, what's the word oh like blatant kind of oh yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) but yeah i loved like you're sitting there and it's just maria hill vanishes and you're like okay he's doing something then like you're like okay fury's gonna find now it's he's gonna like put together a team and then you just see him start to go and you're like oh no what's happening and then you're just like oh he was holding this weird space pager for captain marvel that's the most 90s thing a space pager (laughs) Which works, because her movie know, yeah. is supposed to be yeah, set exactly. in the 90s. Exactly. I hope that, like, her movie is, like, quintessentially 90s in the way that Guardians of the Galaxy was quintessentially 80s. I think it will. I It probably will. Like, mm-hmm. please, please let it be. I just want to see so many, like, backwards baseball hats. I want, the, I want the, like, theme, like, the soundtrack to be, like, fucking... Nirvana. Oh, like, I just wanted to be Salt and Peppa in Boys to Men. Is Boys to Men yeah. 90s? Backstreet Boys in so. like Backstreet Boys. Backstreet yeah. Boys and NSYNC, definitely. Or, oh, oh, uh, oh, what is it? Give me a little Spice Girls. Spice Girls? What, who, you gotta oh, have like grunge. You gotta have like grungy stuff too. Uh, Boys to Men? Not Boys 98 Degrees? Not 98 Degrees, the white ones. <laughs> <laughs> that was most boy and, bands. And, and, and Marky, Mark, Marky Mark's brother. And um, the Funky Bunch. Oh, the funky bunch. Not the funky bunch. It's um. Oh God. Oh, what the? Okay, never mind. Those guys. <laughs> you know what? Go ahead and Google it, and then just say it Savage like you knew it. And we'll edit it that way. Okay, hold on. What is it? Um. Daniel, don't edit it that way. Just let it play out naturally. <laughs> Mark, you got it. Wahlberg. Just let him let him think that you're doing it this way. Just let him Google it. I don't know Brother. what you're yelling about. Brother, because I didn't think I didn't think Donnie Wahlberg had a band. Yeah, Donnie Wahlberg was in um, New Kids on the Block. New oh, Kids yeah, on the Block. On the block. Yeah. God damn! I don't know what. We just looked so stupid to everyone <laughs> who's sitting there at home. Like it's obviously New Kids on the Block. Well, thank oh, God, you. know, once again, thank you, Steve. We appreciate your input. <laughs> Steve is yeah. is the fan. <laughs> Steve's our I Canadian wanna... fan. I just want to create Steve into like his own side character of like a fictional fan of the show. <laughs> Steve is might, our fan. Might as well have a fictional one since we ain't got real ones. <laughs> ah, terrific. What a world. What a world. I, I have created 50 Twitter followers to follow our Twitters. We <laughs> had so many fictional downloads this month. We're doing so well. <laughs> and it's, I think that what we can sort of see, what I think think might happen is you'll get captain marvel showing up mm-hmm. and you'll also get you know obviously the founding avengers and you'll probably see them pair like team up with i'm assuming hawkeye is still mm-hmm. alive 
Strictly because we're keeping the founding Avengers. And, and then, yeah, probably Ant-Man and the Wasp. And I think we can also assume that there's going to be mm. some type of time travel involved because they've done some set photos from Avengers 4 that have Paul Rudd, Iron Man, and um, uh, Chris Evans, and they're all in, like, their Avengers, like, original Avengers Battle New York, which I think they're, they oh, all sure. have these funny watches mm. or whatever. So there, there's going to be some type of time travel in it, and I, I think probably it, it's going to be insane. Oh shit! Yeah. yeah, that that could be that could be a lot of fun. And I, 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 I given since we've seen this movie, like I have full faith that the Russos will not screw it up. So uh, yeah, oh, because there's there's an easy way to screw up time travel, but there if you do it the right <laughs> way. You can make some really, really, really cool possibilities happen. Uh-huh. Watch it be like the biggest shitter like a movie has ever been, and then yeah. they're just like, "Sorry guys, we just done goofed." You know, sometimes <laughs> the Russos are like, "Oh, we had two, we had three good movies in us. Now kinda, we just didn't have a fourth. Just this is our Mulligan. Sorry about that." <laughs> <laughs> just do countless interviews where they're just like, "I'm I'm sorry, we just we done goofed. Yeah, I'm we... sorry about it. It just happened." Am I allowed mm. to curse? Because I've been cursing this entire time. And I, oh, that's fine. Yeah, that's I, that's I fine. We just time. replace all of it in post with like okay. different words. Okay, yeah. like, like we we have. A separate soundboard where we just say like butterfly and fruitcakes and we butterfly it up. Yeah. Whenever you say fuck, it just gets replaced with perfect nougat. <laughs> no, no one thinks I spend far more time editing this than I actually do. Hey nerds, Daniel breaking in here for just a quick explanation of something that happened this episode. At this point in the podcast, something messed up with how we record. And we have lost Bill's audio. But at this point, we were pretty much wrapping things up anyway. So we figured we'll carry on. I just wanted to take a moment to thank Bill Sheehy for joining us. Uh, It was a pleasure having him on. Uh, You should go ahead and give him a follow at Star Wars Bill. He tweets, obviously, a lot about Star Wars and is a lot of fun. Uh, You can also take a listen to a podcast he used to be on, the Resistance Broadcast very fun and cool Star Wars podcast, and if you listen to the back catalog, you you can hear more of Bill. We appreciate him hanging out with us, talking Infinity War, and we now return you to the rest of the show wrap-up, currently in progress. Thank you all for joining us for this discussion of Infinity War. Noah, do you have anything to plug? If you want to see more of my stuff... The probably the best place to look is in one of my two closets because a lot of my stuff's in both of those places. Or you can just follow me on Twitter at uh, Noah Day with two Y's. And if you're the guy, if you're the guy who has Noah Day with one Y, then we I have words with the. Excellent. We will we will await a response. And David. <laughs> <laughs> Got a lot of stuff. <laughs> All right, and I am at Daniel Dunstan, and we'll probably, hopefully, here soon launch official social media stuff for this podcast in particular. Uh, so keep an eye out. I'll tweet about that once it's up. And we'll try to have more regular episodes. Yeah, we will definitely try to have more regular. Yeah, episodes. a month and a half is kind of ridiculous. <laughs> Chet is waiting on these, <laughs> and you know, yeah. Mecca Charles is also waiting. Yeah, uh huh. And we, we Stephen, our, our fictional fan. Stephen, our fictional fan, is desperate for more content. He's really anxious when he has to wait. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us, and as always. See you, nerds.